Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. the Lord saying to you today he's he's singing over you first off the Bible says that he sings over you that he makes melody over you he sings with delight over you he's singing a song of his seal that he's placed on your life he's singing his song of freedom over your life today Would you not walk in the liberty that he's paid for today? What would keep you from walking in the fullness of his joy? What would keep you from walking in the fullness of his presence today? He has not rejected you. He has not turned his head from you or his eyes from you. Your walls are ever before him. See, I've inscribed you on the palm of my hand. I've not forgotten you. Every detail of your life is ever before me. Even every strand of your hair I've counted. Hallelujah. Look to the Lord today, friend. He's looking at you. He's got you covered. He's singing. He's making melody. First Corinthians 14, Paul talked about what you're hearing and experiencing today. He says, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about that this is scriptural. This is, this is New Testament church. Where we allow the Lord to activate us into significant ministry. Which is what I was going to preach today. And the Holy Spirit is just giving you wonderful illustration today of activating. <clears throat> I'm going to go a little bit different. Uh, media folks. I wasn't prepared to go this direction, but I'm going to go different. So we'll see. I might join up with my notes. The Holy Spirit and my notes might join at some point. I'm sure they will. Acts chapter 3. This morning is that word it's interesting, as the, as the word was given this morning, the Bible talks about messages in tongues for public edification in the church. And that's what, that's what we saw this morning. It's prophetic edification. It's prophetic word. It's edification, exhortation, and comfort. Paul talked about that in 1 Corinthians. Same chapter, actually, 14, that I read from earlier. It's biblical. You know, there are people today that say that's not biblical, Messages in tongues are not, you know, 
That, that, was old, that was old school. That, was with, that went out with the apostles. Well, let, let me ask you this. Did salvation go out with the apostles? Did divine healing go out with the apostles? I mean, why, why are we going to pick and choose what works and what doesn't work today? If it's in the Bible, I want it, right? If it's in the Bible, I want it. So it's good. So just let the Lord use you. It's awesome. You know, um, and anyway, as, as that word was going forth, I just felt this morning, uh, literally, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the Father. That's what Jesus taught us in John 15, 14, 15, 16. He said, it's to your benefit that I go that the Comforter might come. I will ask the Father to send you another helper. This is, this is the Holy Spirit ministering. So he is revealing truth. He's revealing the Father to us this morning. And what, what he has done is he has taken a glimpse of heaven and brought it into earth for us this morning. That's what's happened. He's taken a glimpse of what's happening in eternity, past, present, future, and heaven, and in, is making it real to us today in this, in this earthly setting, in temporal setting. And he's, what he has done, and he has made aware to us today the scriptures that talk about Jesus singing and making intercession over us today. That's become reality for us. It's not just a concept. We've just witnessed that. That's awesome. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's taken the, the, the scriptures, the, the principle of scripture that Jesus is singing and making melody over you today and that he is your heavenly intercessor and has made that reality in the service today. That's activating into significant ministry. <laughs> Acts chapter, we'll continue on in this thought in Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, and who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter look at, said, look at us, and so he gave them his attention. Now, I just want to pause there. Here's a, here's a man who has been lame his whole life, daily has been brought to the temple. He has been dependent upon those at the temple to minister to him. But all of a sudden, he was going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit that would ignite life change in him and he would go from being the one being ministered to constantly at the gate to the one who was ministering and disrupting the order of the service inside the temple. Now I just want to break that down for us today. There are a lot of times that we come and with the attitude the consumer the consumerism mindset of church that I'm going to come in and I'm going to take, 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 receive, 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 and I'm going to walk out and never give a thing. I'm lame. I've got issues in my life. I don't have anything to give. If I come to church, that's great, but I need everybody to minister to me. I need the pastor to give me the right word. I need the worship team to sing the right song. I need the colors of the sanctuary to be the right colors and the pews to be the right colors and the carpet to look a certain way and the Children's consumerism mindset. I'm, I'm coming in to be served in church. I'm coming in, and I don't have anything to give anyway. I mean, I'm lame after all. I've got a broken leg. I've got issues in my life. I've got sin issues. I've got pride issues. I've got hurt issues. I've got people issues. I've got... 
How anybody have issues this morning? Yeah, every single one of us in this room have issues. If you didn't raise your hand, you've got issues because you're a liar. So every single one of us have issues this morning. We're all lame. There's areas of our lives that are lame. But are we going to allow the power and the presence of God to change us and we begin to minister out of our brokenness? Isn't that what this man did when he went into the temple? If you continue on in this story, you know that Peter and John, silver and gold I don't have, they picked him up and he began to leap and walk. And he goes into the temple, leaping, dancing, verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they said, go back out and lay down. That's my interpretation of it, but that's basically what happened. They told him to be quiet. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement what had happened. And then they got mad and arrested Peter and John for healing the man. They would have rathered him be sitting out lame. You know, isn't that the case? They'd rather, they'd rather you be stuck, the world and religious people would rather you be stuck in your bondage and your garbage instead of being joyful in the Lord, leaping and dancing and praising the Lord. They'd rather you be out lame begging for alms. At least th- then they can kind of fit you in a box. But the minute that you start leaping and dancing and praising the Lord, you don't fit in their boxes anymore. <laughs> Let me encourage you. It's okay to not fit in anybody's box. It's okay. It's okay to get out of the box. It's okay to get out of the dead places. It's okay to come up out of the lame areas of your life. And out of your brokenness, you will begin to declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Then you'll begin to activate into significant ministry. It's okay to take the areas of the broken places of your life that all of a sudden the power and the presence of God has invaded and you begin to minister out of those places. You know, Lester was talking about this morning how he had his secular proverb and God rocked his world with godly wisdom. And, you know, he's still working on that. But, but he's, he's, got the, he's got the godly wisdom. He's inundating himself in the word of God, which would have not been his habit before he got born again. But out of the place of his brokenness flows ministry out of the place of hurt, out of the place of all that's gone on in Lester's life, that becomes a place of ministry. Maybe your brokenness this morning is relationships. Maybe your brokenness this morning is drugs or alcohol. Maybe your brokenness this morning is earthly success, measuring your life by the, by the successes of this life. Maybe your brokenness this morning is pride or your ego. Whatever the case is, out of your brokenness, God can begin to minister. Out of your brokenness, you might find yourself like Lazarus, bound up in a tomb and having no sense of life about you whatsoever but Jesus is standing outside of your grave saying hey it's time to come out grace Joanna it's time to come out it's time to come out Justin come time to come out of your dead places it's time to get out of the lameness of your life and begin to activate into significant ministry well pastor I've served in the children's ministry I've served as a usher I've served at the first impressions table hallelujah I'm serving 
<laughs> well, bless the Lord for you. Thank you for that. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. Because when you activate into significant ministry, you're not just doing somebody a favor. When you activate into significant ministry, you're not just serving because it's the right thing to do as a Christian. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Pin a rose on your nose. Bless the Lord. You know, you're not just doing it to do it. You're doing it because you have act- there's something on the inside of you. I was blind, but now I see. I was lame, but now I'm walking. You, there's a joy. There is an excitement in your heart that gets activated by the power and the presence of God in your life. Don't get mad. Activate. You know, sometimes Sometimes we need a change of scenery. This man had the, he had the same scenery for a long time. Been laying down. Been laying there for a long time. Watching them people's feet. Watching that dust get stirred up. Hearing the coins hit the ground. Same scenery for a long time. Sometimes we get stuck in our routines of just doing what we're doing because we're doing what we're doing. And all of a sudden, we don't even realize that we're just doing what we're doing because we've been doing what we're doing. Can you follow that? We do the routine because it's what we've always done. We've always, we're, we're coming, we're being carried out. Those, those men are going to be at my house to carry me to the place where I beg for alms at 9 o'clock. i got to be ready to go. You know, there's not much I can do to get ready because I'm lame. So I'm going <laughs> to, 9 o'clock, they're going to show up, and I'm going to be laying here just like I was an hour ago. So laying here on the ground, they're going to come carry me out. They're going to lay me in the same place, and I'm going to do the same thing, and I'm going to beg, and they're going to come back and get me, carry me back, take me back to where I, wherever I'm at, under the bridge, at a home, somebody's house, wherever I go, and I'm going to stay there, and then they're going to come back and get me again and take me back, and then I'm going to go back, and then I'm going to go back. That was his life. I heard somebody say it. That sounds boring. That sounds like church people. Carry me out to the church service. Carry me back to my car. Carry me back to the church service. Carry me back to the car. If you ever find yourself stuck as a Christian just doing the motions, thank God you've got the right motions. Thank God it's not the wrong motions, but you can do the right things with the wrong motive. You can do the right things without the power of God flowing through them. You can do the right things without the presence of God. You can have the name, but Kabod is written above your door. Ichabod. Is just yuck. You could have you can be a temple, but Ichabod is inscribed above your door. You can you can do the anybody hear what I'm saying this where you can do the right things, but you need the power and the presence of God to activate you, activate you into significant ministry. Not just the right motions. Now, some of you, I hear you. I can hear your thoughts. Remember, you can hear people's thoughts up here. So I'm, I'm hearing thoughts. And I know that there are those here saying, well, I've done, what do you mean change scenery, Pastor? I've been doing it, the, the thing that I'm doing. I hear what you're saying, but I don't know how to do anything else. Well, is that an issue of what you know to do, or is that an issue of relying on the power and the presence of God? 
Because there's a lot of things that I encounter as a pastor that I surely don't know how to do. And my own natural wisdom and my own natural strength, when you, when you have situations that arise and come up as a pastor that you just look at and you say, I, I have no idea what to do with that. I don't even want to touch that one with a 10-foot ball. I don't know what to do with that. And you say, Holy Spirit, greater is he who's in me. I don't need the skills. I don't have to have the right answers. I just need to rely on Jesus. I just need to trust him. Some of you this morning, God's been calling you out of your, your tomb, calling you out of your boat, calling you out of your comfort zone, whatever label you want to put on it. And you're terrified. I don't have the skills to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. That's exactly why he's calling you out of your grave. Lazarus didn't have the ability to get up out of that grave on his own. This lame man didn't have the ability to walk on his own. At some point, there had to be an encounter with the living God. God, I am unable, incapable, but you are. My reliance and my confidence is not in my own strength or my own abilities, but my confidence and my courage is found in you. The minute that I place my confidence or my courage in who I am or my abilities or my talents or my strengths, it becomes all about me. But all of a sudden, when I begin to fix my eyes on the one, look at me. (laughs) I don't got no money. (laughs) You're talking to a preacher. I ain't got no money. I'm sorry. (laughs) But what I do have, Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. An encounter with the presence of the Lord. Dependence. He wasn't placing his dependence in that moment, that divine encounter. He wasn't placing his dependence on even even Peter and John at that point. His dependence, his faith, was in what they were offering to him. Silver and gold, I don't have. But in the name of Jesus... In Jesus, get up. I just want to look at you today and say, in the name of Jesus, get up. (laughs) Stop laying in your place of, of guilt. Stop laying in the place of shame. Stop laying in the place of what was. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. Stop laying in what was. Stop laying in the place of what happened or what could have been or what should have been or what done did happen, didn't happen, should have, could have, would have. Get up out of that place and walk in Jesus' name. Walk. Go, go dance your heart out. Go leaping and dancing and shouting your heart out. Yes, Lord. Well, I've lost my joy. Then you're in a good place this morning. I've lost my joy. Life has robbed me of my joy. All I know to do is get carried out and put in the same place every day, every day, doing the same thing, going through. I don't, I've lost my joy. I've lost the joy of my salvation. I don't know what it means to dance again. Yeah, I hear that. I don't know what it means to dance in the Lord and and, and rejoice in Him. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I've lost that. Can we just pause for a moment? Just pause for a moment with me. 
Yeah, I know the scripture says, I will trust in the Lord. He's my strength, my shield, and with, he's my salvation. And with joy, I will draw from the wells of salvation. I know that Isaiah 12 says that. I know the scripture talks about the joy of the Lord is my strength, but I've lost that. Let me just pause for a moment. David found himself in a very dark place of sin and depravity. And what was his prayer? Lord, restore Restore. Our God is a restorer of the broken places of your life. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give unto you. Rise up. Get up in the name of Jesus. The same God who will activate you is the same God who will make you happy in your salvation again. He'll make you joyful in Him again. Being confident of this very thing. Being confident of this very thing. I can have confidence. Not in who I am. Not in my ability. Being confident of this very thing. What very thing, Paul? That he who began a good work in you. Confidence. He who began a good work in you is able... He's willing and has the power to do so. You know the rest. He'll complete it. He'll complete it. So when I'm laying down and I feel like I'm out in the middle begging for alms, don't have anything to give, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Confidence. I take a step and the confidence of him who will complete the work which he started. If he sent these two crazy preachers, look at me in my face and tell me I need the joy of the Lord. He sent two crazy preachers all the way from New Orleans to tell me to get out of my tomb, blah, 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 blah. Then I, guess what? I can keep on taking confidence. I can step. If he did that much... I can take confidence in Christ that he's going to finish the work. If, if God called me, saved me, and has started me on this path of redemption, then I can take confidence that he's going to complete whatever he started in my life. So what do you got to worry about? What do you got to worry about? That's a good word for you. What do you got to worry about? What do you got to worry about? Come out here. Come out here. Come on. Somebody help her. Where's our guys? Help, 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 help. Quick, quick. Help her out here. What do you got to worry about? Silver and gold. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, in the name of Jesus, you're going to rise up. You're going to rise. It's time to get up. Did you get a good shot? Here, let's try this again. Okay, you got the picture. What's happening? Jesus.
time to rise up and walk. Time to rise up and walk. What's that? It's time to put on your big girl britches. Is that the saying? Walk. Maybe now she'll stop bothering me. <laughs> so, verse 8. So, so, <laughs> so he, he leaping up, he stood, leaping up and stood, he walked. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And then they, yes, Lord. Activating in the significant ministry. Out of your place of brokenness begins to flow significant ministry. But it requires you to be able to say, I was lame, but now I walk. It requires you to be able to say, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yep, that was me. That was me out there by the gate. But that's no longer who I was, who I am. That, that's old. That old man's gone. I'm walking, can't you see? I'm walking. That, that man that was lame, that, that woman that was hurt, that, that man who was rejected, that brokenness, that hurt, that anxiety, that fear, that's who I used to be. But when Christ came, when the power of God came and the presence of God invaded my life and that area of my, all of a sudden, things begin to look a little bit different. Yeah. Baby steps. Just get up. Activate into ministry. Just get up. Baby step number one. Get up. Stop talking about who you was and what you used to do and all oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Nothing's ever goes right. Nothing can ever be right. Whatsoever a man thinketh so. So, so stop proclaiming over your life all of the hurt, all of the garbage, everything that's happened. Just get up. Close the chapter. Thank God for His grace that got you through that. And it is going to be part of your future story. But we're not camping out there. We're pilgrims on a journey. We're marching through. The cloud is moving. Thank God the cloud is moving. Right? <laughs> Thank God the fire left that spot. <laughs> Ready to move on, Jesus. Good. Get up and go. Yeah. He who began a good work in you will complete it. And He's equipped you. He's equipped you for significant ministry. Philippians 2.13 says that it is His pleasure. It is God who works in you. God who works in you. Both the will and the do. For his good pleasure. It is God who equips you to do what he's called you to do. Yeah. You know, you might be 
looking at your life today saying, I could never, God, I could never minister out of that place in my life. God, I could never, I could never engage ministering to people. Through, I could never see this happening. I could never lead a group. I could never engage in conversation with the, the person at the grocery store about how Jesus set me. For, I mean, I, I don't know, God, I can't just. The same God who's called you will equip you. What did he tell Jeremiah? Jeremiah, don't be afraid of them. Jeremiah 1.8, don't be afraid of them because of their faces. See, I've put my words in your mouth. I will deliver you. I'm too young for this. God, you got the wrong person. I'm the weeping prophet, remember? <laughs> this isn't going to work too well. Just let me go cry in my room. <laughs> Jeremiah. It's okay, Jeremiah. Don't look at their face. I, I know what he's talking about. I mean, you look at people's faces, you're just like, ooh, Lordy, I don't know about that. Don't be afraid. Some of you will get that when you go home later. <laughs> just get a mirror. You'll understand. Just go stand. When you get home, go stand in front of the mirror. You'll understand what I'm talking about. God, I don't know what, I, don't, I couldn't do this. Don't be afraid of them, Jeremiah. I've put my words in your mouth. Luke 12, Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If He's called you to preach the message of the kingdom, then He's going to give you the equipment to get the job done. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news. There, there's, a, there's an anointing for what God has placed in front of you to accomplish. Yield and receive, and then learn how to flow with it. Yield, I'll say that again. Yield to the anointing that God has deposited on your life. Receive of it, and then begin to flow with it. How do you receive? How do you, Lord? I worship. You just get into the place of His presence. You get into the Word of God. You get into worship. You get into prayer. You begin to pray in the Spirit. You get into the place of His presence where the anointing flows. The anointing is, is a person. The Holy Spirit is the anointed. He is the anointing. Christ is the anointed one. Get into the place of His presence. Allow Him. Allow Him to begin to pour out His anointing on your life, begin to receive, yield, don't see how long you can go in your own strength. Yeah. You know, we try to make it a competition. How long can I do this before I yield to the anointing? <laughs> Let me give you a word of advice. Start yielding at the beginning. It makes life a lot easier. Yes. <laughs> yield. I can't fix myself. You can't fix yourself. Yield to the anointing. He'll break every bondage off your life. He'll break every chain. He'll, he'll be the one that strengthens your, your lameness, heals you. I've watched. I've watched. I've watched as many of you have come under the influence of the anointing. It makes a difference. It makes all the difference. I can stand up here and I can tell you the best points of the Reader's Digest version of the Bible. And tell you how you're going to be a great person. And you're going to achieve great things. But if I can get you under the anointing. 
If I can get you into the place of His presence, that's where things begin to change. He takes the Word, the truth, and He begins to work it into every fiber of your being. And all of a sudden, you begin to see, I'm a pretty ugly person. This is is an area of my life that just doesn't look like Christ. But I'm not afraid of that. Because He's going to change me. I'm lame in this area of my life. You know what? That's okay. Because He's going to change me. He's going to heal me. And He's going to make it a part of my future story. What He's doing in my life. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I want to read Acts 3 as as we're standing together. Verse 16. Peter and John have been detained. (laughs) Being questioned. This is their response. And his name, whose name? Jesus. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Total, spiritual body, soundness. Total body, sound. Not just healed in his legs, sound, made whole. Let me ask you today, are you a Peter or a John or are you the lame man? Or maybe you're a pilot. Why'd you do that? <laughs> well, who are you in this story? Are you a Peter, John, a lame man, or the pilot? Not the airplane pilot, but pilot, you know, the ruler guy, like president guy. Where do you fit in? There's probably areas of your life that you might be a Peter or John and areas of your life where you might be a lame man. Who knows? And there might be areas of your life where you're a pilot. It's okay. Jesus can heal your, heal your emotions and make you all one. If you find yourself divided, you can be sound today. <laughs> Hallelujah. The other thing, I want to close with this thought. The other thing with Peter and John... When they, when they engaged, when they activated into ministry with this guy, notice what happened. They made another disciple. When you begin to activate into ministry, significant ministry, you begin to have followers. They, they went with him into the temple. Peter and John were already on their way to the temple. They were going to the temple for prayer. That's where they were headed. 
But when they took the time to activate into ministry with this lame man, the lame man became a follower and went on into the temple with them. That's really what, you know, when we talk about REACH, our vision, R-E-A-C-H, A is activated into significant ministry. When we talk about that, we're talking about making disciples. We're talking about reaching the lost. When you activate into ministry, there are those that are around you they're going to be impacted by your ministry. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, I'm going to, I'll wrap up with this. <laughs> Maybe. Charles Spurgeon said this. He, he was addressing, I believe it was in his lectures to his, to his students, future ministers. And he was addressing the issue as to why church people get offended and he compared it to the work of a honeybee versus a wasp he said when you're busy about ministering to others you're like a honeybee and you're constantly out gathering pollen and bringing it back to the hive you're constantly busy about the work of the honeybee but the minute that you stop engaging in the ministry, if you will, the work of the honeybee, you become like a wasp and your sole purpose is to attack and to hurt. You lose your purpose. You lose your vision. And I find that 99.9% of the time, if not 100% of the time, that statement to be true. Why do people get offended in church? Because they're not engaged in the work of the ministry or they're not engaged with the right motives they're not activated into significant ministry they're serving but they're not ministering they're doing the right things with the wrong motives or they're not engaged at all And so I say this not as a negative, but I say it as a word of encouragement to all of us to engage, engage in active ministry. Allow the Lord to begin to put his finger on the area of your life where you need that dunamis power of God to come in and quicken you and engage you into active ministry. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very easy. Especially in the day and age in which we live, it's very, very easy to allow the enemy to pull you off your course. Yep. By the power and the presence of the Lord, One other thought, this is my third closing. It's the Holy Spirit's fault, you can blame Him. 
Sometimes, fast forward in our lives 50, 60 years in our walk with the Lord. A lot of times what happens is this. We start off in a place of anointing and power and the presence of God. Listen to what I'm saying. We start off, we had it, whatever we started, however we started in active ministry, activating in ministry, started off as a place of his power and his presence, like the lame man. But somewhere along the way, we've mistaken anointing for skill and skill for anointing. We, we get them mixed up. We think because we're good at something or that's what we've always done and we've, we've mistaken. There's a difference. Today, if you're operating in a place out of your skill versus the anointing, here's what will happen. You're gonna lose your joy because at some point, your skill is gonna run dry you're gonna get frustrated. People are gonna rub you the wrong way. I'm just being a pastor this morning. I hope that's okay. I'm just doing my job. Just trying to help you. But when you operate from anointing, you're resting in the anointed one. The confidence is in the anointed one. What you're doing is based on the anointed one, not you. hear the wheels turning. I mean, people, the dots are connecting. That's good. I'm telling you, people are getting liberated this morning. I, I see it on your face. Some of you look grouchy when we started, and now you look happy. So I know, I see it. It's happening. I, I'm watching it on your face. It's good. It's good. Why don't you reach out across the aisle and take the hand of somebody next to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.